You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. I hope everyone's rolling into a fantastic weekend. I'm sure you're tired from hearing from me all week. So uh, there's some other voices on today's podcast. We will hear from Sosa Kermenges. He's the host of Locked On Rams about who the 49ers are getting in their new outside linebacker slash defensive end slash edge player slash special teamer Samson Abukam. We'll hear from Alex Mack on why he chose the 49ers and the fit for him in this offense. Kyle Juszczyk, Emmanuel Mosley spoke about their new contracts and the team that is coming together in 2021. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Another backup quarterback off the market, Mitch Trubisky signing with the Buffalo Bills, the 49ers. Minutes later, reports come out that they're bringing in Joe Flacco for a visit. The guy that beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl could become Jimmy Garoppolo's backup for the 2021 season. Interesting. Flacco, I don't think it would change anything for the 49ers' plans as far as the draft or what they're going to do in the future, but it would absolutely be an upgrade on Mullins, C.J. Beathard. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. We'll get into more of that next week. We'll see how that meeting goes with the 49ers and Joe Flacco. But the backup quarterback market is starting to dry up. Maybe Marcus Mariota is going to get cut from the Las Vegas Raiders. and That would be an interesting name for the 49ers as a backup quarterback that could give you even a little bit more, that could even be around for a little while. More on that stuff next week. A lot to get into today. We don't have audio from Trent Williams today, but we do have official numbers from Trent Williams' massive record-breaking contract for an offensive lineman. Six years, $138 million. Yeah, he ain't seeing that. (laughs) He is not seeing year six. Might not see year four or five either. So this is how the contract breaks down for Trent Williams. A $30 million signing bonus. 53 guaranteed was the report, but according to other sources, that guaranteed money is more like $40 million for Trent Williams, and this is how it breaks down per year, and this is why I say he's not seeing year six. So the base salaries every year are $1.5 million, $7.2 million, $19.5 million, $20 million, $22 million, then $32 million for year six. So that $32 million salary is obviously that's not going to happen. He'll get cut before his age 38 season uh, in 2026. So when you take that off and there's no dead money at all, that's just an easy year to lop 32,000, $32 million off of that contract. So that makes it five years, about a hundred and about a hundred million dollars. Uh, then the 2025 season, the fifth year on this deal, there's only a $6 million cap hit or there's only a $6 million dead cap, but a $29 million cap hit. So $23 million in savings if they were to cut Trent Williams after year four. Uh, There's also a potential out, the first real potential out. So the way you could look at this contract is it's a three-year deal, $60 million, $20 million per for the first three years. Then there would be $12 million dead cap hit if they wanted to cut him before year four, or they could... Uh, pay him his $20 million base salary. It's it's $26.9 million 
cap hit total in 2024. That's the new TV deal, but there might be a Bosa deal. There might be very expensive Mike McGlinchey contracts to come. There's definitely going to be a very expensive Fred Warner contract to come. Who knows what the quarterback money is going to look like at that point. So we'll see what happens in year four and five of this deal. But the 49ers, this is a pretty team-friendly contract for something that starts out looking very expensive at six years, $138 million. So you could call it a three-year $60 million with a $12 million cap hit to cut in before year four. You could call it five years $100 million, and those would all be pretty accurate for what this contract looks like for Trent Williams. Still extremely well-paid, and he'll be getting $20 million for at least three years to come and then some dollars beyond that. But yeah, one of the keys about how this is structured is that first year. The base salary of only $1.5 million with the prorated signing bonus means his cap hit is only going to be $8.2 million in year one, which really helps the 49ers to do the business they need to do, like sign Alex Mack, sign Samson Abucom, and maybe still do some more business. Maybe a wide receiver or two. And there is a new wide receiver coming to town, Trent Sherfield. He was a former... Arizona Cardinals, special teamer, wide receiver. I think he's got about 28 catches to his name in his NFL career. Former undrafted free agent. Gives the 49ers a little bit more depth and some special teams value going into the offseason program. We'll see if he's able to stick. He will compete for a job at wide receiver. And I have a feeling they're not done at wide receiver either in free agency or the draft. Samson Abukam, former Los Angeles Ram, now a San Francisco 49er. He was signed to a two-year, $12 million contract to give the team a little bit of speed coming off the edge. But what kind of player exactly did the 49ers get? Let's check in with my friend Sosa Kermenjas, the host of Locked on Rams, to get the scouting report on a player he's watched every game since he was drafted in 2017. You can find him on Twitter at QB's MVP Sosa. I hope things are going well for you. I hope you're having fun with this free agent period. It's been furious for the first few days here at least it has been for me covering the 49ers and the entire league on the peacock and williamson show trying to keep up with all the moves but how things have been going covering the rams here yeah you know i was expecting the rams to be a little bit more uh, stale in terms of what they were going to do so probably wasn't going to be as fun for me personally covering it but it's always fun to see a lot of the big names going to different places and uh, i think so far it's been fun you know on the outside looking in for the most part so the rams lost a linebacker, an edge player to the 49ers in Samson Abucom. That's obviously why I have you on the show today, so we can kind of get the scouting report of, of what kind of a player the 49ers got here. But just for a real quick condensed version, how has this offseason gone for the Rams, and what are your expectations with the new quarterback in town in the Rams' position in the NFC West? Yeah, so obviously the big news was the trade for Matthew Stafford, which is going to be official any day now. Um it's kind of been a little bit old now, I guess, uh, about a month old. But, you know, that's obviously the biggest news uh, probably across the NFL, to be quite honest with you, a huge blockbuster deal. I personally think uh, it's going to be a big positive for the Rams. Now, you know, I'm a little bit worried about the potential expectations because pretty much anything short of, you know, an NFC championship game appearance, maybe a Super Bowl appearance to some people, maybe even, maybe even a ring to some people is going to be considered a disappointment. So a lot of pressure on. The team now, a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford, a guy who doesn't really have much playoff experience, has never really played in those big games. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's a significant upgrade over Jared Goff. I really do. Uh, and even though Stafford is nearing that, you know, not necessarily the end of his career, but he's 33 years old this season, I still think there's another 
potential peak to his game. I don't think he's ever had a coaching staff as good as Sean McVay's, a scheme as good as Sean McVay's, or weapons, uh, you know, including the offensive line and everything that encompasses the entire offense, as well as he's going to have this season. So I expect Stafford to take another step in, in his play from that top 10, top 12 quarterback, or whatever you consider him to maybe that you know, top eight quarterback level, something similar to how Matt Ryan was the best, uh, you know, in his career under Kyle Shanahan, while Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta and seemingly has fallen off since Shanahan left. So I expect that kind of, you know, boost for Stafford. And ultimately that was the biggest move. But, you know, there were some other things like re-signing Leonard Floyd to a big deal, which was obviously a big get for the number one ranked defense last season. And then just last night, they traded defensive tackle Michael Brockers, a veteran of the team, a guy who's been around since 2012, you know, that was more cap related. Obviously, the Rams were pretty deep in the hole when it came to the cap space this season. A little bit weird with the whole COVID stuff. But, uh, you know, it's been mostly just staying on the sidelines for the Rams thus now. And, um, you know, they still got a handful of free agents that I'm kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with here. But for the most part, I think the Rams are going to stay put with uh, what's happened so far. A lot to be decided on the defensive side of the ball there with Brandon Staley, one and done. And uh, I was amazed by the job he did. And I was a little bit shocked that the Rams moved away from Wade Phillips and went with Staley and a new defensive coordinator there. And and he did so well. And now he's got a head coaching job. So we'll see how that turns out for the Rams defense. But you mentioned the Leonard Floyd signing. That was the one that really stuck out to me as yeah, that's a lot of money. And I, I was surprised by that. And I know that the Rams have kind of gone into this really, and maybe more so than any team in the NFL, a stars and scrubs lineup with who they're paying and who they're not on the roster. It's great for my fantasy football teams, but uh, I'm interested to see how that continues to work for the Rams on the field and, and if they're able to continue to build enough depth to win consistently in the NFL. Yeah, you know, that was a concern of mine as well. It definitely does seem rich. Um, you know, Leonard Floyd was a big, big improvement for the Rams at the edge spot last season after Dante Fowler walks. Fowler signs a one-year or sorry, three-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons for $15 million per year. Floyd now signs for $16 million. And you know, when you kind of take a step back, I think it makes a little bit more sense because there was, you know, multiple reports from the big name media that the Denver Broncos and the New York Giants were working hard to try and get Leonard Floyd to sign. So, you know, I feel like the Rams might have felt a little bit pressure there and, and you know, maybe came up from their wanted price, but at the end of the day, you know, they bring Leonard Floyd back, still a very solid player, an okay pass rusher. You know, he's not tremendous in that regard, a little bit inconsistent, but very athletic, dominant against the run. Uh, I think they're going to want to have some continuity up front, especially now with getting rid of a guy like Michael Brockers. And, and not only that, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's technically not necessarily on this massive contract. I mean, it is four years, $64 million, and it does seem enormous, but there is, I believe, only $32 million in guarantees. And they have an out after the first two years of the contract if, you know, things don't work out for whatever reason. So, like you mentioned, they continue this stars and scrubs approach on their roster, which is pretty crazy at this point. But, you know, so far they've been able to stay healthy. And I think as long as they can stay healthy and keep these big named, big priced guys on the field, that they're going to always have a shot. But uh, that's going to be the key for sure is just trying to stay healthy and just trying to keep the roster together as much as possible with these high end players. I love it. I love that they're doing that because I like the extremes of the strategies just from someone who geeks out on roster building. I, I just want to, I'm interested to see how that works out. It's, it's fascinating. Next, let's get into the nitty gritty. Your sky report. What have you seen from Samson Abukam every game? And he has played every game. He's been at least durable. We know that he's put up 
a little bit of sack production. He's got the athleticism. So says scouting report on Samson Ibukam next. I really love when things are made easy for me like they are at rockauto.com because I like to be a do-it-yourselfer with a lot of things in life. Not the greatest when it comes to cars. It's amazing because you can find everything you need so easily. It's a no-nonsense website at rockauto.com. Find exactly what you need. Know that the prices are going to be low, and they always reliably are. Was it a rough winter on your vehicle? You need some new wiper blades. You need uh, a new tail lamp. You need new tires. Whatever you need. Jumper cables. Big parts. Small parts. Engine control modules. Whatever those are. They have them at rockauto.com for your specific car or truck. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. College basketball isn't the only tournament happening this month. Maybe more importantly, the Built Bar Madness. Yes, there is a bracket. We're into the Sweet 16 already. Today's matchup is Salted Caramel versus Cookie Dough Chunk. Cookie Dough Chunk coming on strong right now. That is the up-and-coming flavor. Salted Caramel's solid. I think Cookie Dough is going to take this one and roll into the Enticing 8, maybe even the Flavorful 4. You can go vote at BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Bar underscore built a low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber snack that tastes amazing and are all covered with 100 percent real chocolate a brand new promo code for 15 percent off your next box of built bars locked 15 at builtbar.com use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your next box of built bars one player sosa that the los angeles rams did not retain Maybe this needed a lot of money for Leonard Floyd and, and you know, to pay some other players on that roster. Samson Abukam traveling up a little ways north, not very far. Listed as an outside linebacker, even played some inside backer for Wade Phillips earlier in his career. Sort of a tweener of a player, not your normal length for an edge player, but I think that's probably his best position, and that's what the 49ers signed him to do is replace some of that speed off the edge that they lost with all of D Ford's injuries someone that can be a rotational pass rusher he had four and a half sacks last year four and a half sacks the year before 14 over his four-year career so he's gotten after the quarterback in every season a little bit but he's never been like that full-time edge player that is you know every down he's lining up on the edge going after the quarterback so I wonder what you think the fit is with the 49ers and what kind of a player they got in Samson Abukamp yeah, and I think you touched on it pretty well there. Uh, you know, if you're relying on Ebukam to be a starter, you're probably not in a very good spot. But, um, you know, if the the whole roster can get healthy, you have D Ford, you have Nick Bosa, and Ebukam can be that, you know, third or fourth rusher coming off the bench where I think it's a little bit more ideal in terms of what his role is. Now, you know, he's been a guy that hasn't really developed all that much. He's pretty much been the same player, in my opinion, from, you know, any career or sorry, any year in his career. He hasn't really made all that much of a difference. I feel like he doesn't, you know, have much of a pass rush plan, hasn't really developed all that many pass rush moves, but one of the best athletes, I would say, in the NFL. The guy's an absolute freak when it comes to his athletic numbers. You go back to his combine. I mean, he was testing in the 
75th, 85th, 95th percentile in damn near every explosion mark, every speed score. Uh, the guy is a freak athlete. So there's a lot there, you know, that could be untapped if somebody finally finds a way to start to teach him those intricacies of actually rushing the passer. But you're getting a guy who's a very good locker room guy, a uh, very respectful player, a well-liked player, a guy who's going to play special teams. He's going to play with all out effort, regardless on special teams or defense. Uh, you're going to get that every single week from him. You know that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's felt a little bit rich to me as well. The price for a guy that just hasn't really developed as an edge rusher. So I'm intrigued to see what the 49ers are going to do with him in the defense. If they're going to you know, play him on that edge spot, play him in some sort of a hybrid role, maybe even move him to off ball linebacker. I'm not really sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, what you are getting is a highly athletic player. Someone who's still only 25, 26 years old going into next season, still got room for a lot of growth, a lot of potential. And uh, somebody that, you know, you can ultimately trust, whether it be on the field or, you know, outside of that building. Yeah, four five flat in the 40-yard dash at 6'2", 240 pounds at his pro day. I think a 39-inch vertical or something like that. So uh, explosive is all heck. And I'm glad you mentioned special teams, too, because he's going to also be replacing not only D Ford's rotational pass rush off, off the edge, but Martin Zacha, who played a little bit of a uh, sort of a stand up rusher, uh, off ball backer reserve role, but was a big factor on special teams. So he can sort of replace both of those things. And I think that's one of the big keys with Samson Abukam and hope that under Chris Kasurik and that wide nine front, he can uh, bring a little bit more juice than he has in his career. But I agree with you. Sometimes he's just. He's just going, and it's like I'm. I'm going to run toward the quarterback, and eventually I might get there. That 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 is sort of the pass rush plan that I've seen from Samson and Abukam when I've watched his the little bit of tape that I've seen, and I've got to go see more. Yeah, that that pretty much you know encompasses him as a player. It's all out effort, and, and that's what you're going to get. And if he's getting to the quarterback or if he's applying pressure, it's mostly just because of effort. He's not going to quit on a rush and things like that. But um, you know, you'd still want to see a lot more in terms of the pass rush plan. He kind of goes into it. Uh, with his hair on fire, as they say, not really, uh, you know, technically uh, approaching that aspect of it and doesn't really use his hands all that well, doesn't really have many pass rush moves at the end of the day. But, you know, this is a guy that if you don't have to rely on him for, you know, being a double digit sack guy or something, if you know what you're getting out of him, which is a highly athletic player, a guy that's going to give you all out effort every time, then, you know, you, you know what you're getting. And at the end of the day, that's a very solid player, in my opinion, probably, like I mentioned, a little bit rich in terms of the money, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm not sure on the guarantees of the deal. So that's obviously an important aspect of it. But it's going to be fascinating to see how they use him for sure. And I think, obviously, the special teams aspect of it all, you know what you're getting there every single time. Highly athletic, highly, uh, you know, gifted in terms of the effort and all of that stuff. So at the end of the day, you know you're getting at least a guy that can contribute on the special teams aspect of, you know, being on the 53-man roster. Yeah, two years, $12 million, and if I'm not mistaken, you did think that was maybe a little bit rich for Abukam, judging by your Twitter response when that signing happened, but uh, $5 million of that guaranteed, so essentially it could be a one-year, $5 million, $5.5 million contract if the 49ers do want to get out of it after one year, and I think they will go into the draft as well and look for some edge talent and some edge depth to compete there with Abukam. Uh, into the future but you know an athletic player uh it's not breaking the bank and i think they needed to lock up some sort of an edge presence one more aspect of abucom that i do like and i'd like to get your opinion on this and it's a place the 49ers have struggled on defense is with athletic quarterbacks and i thought abucom had some of his biggest impacts in games versus athletic quarterbacks because he can contain with that athleticism 
quarterbacks like Kyler Murray and uh, he had a sack against Lamar Jackson, I remember. And I actually loved the scheme, the way they uh, pressured Lamar Jackson is they brought a whole bunch of pressure on one side and then chased him into Ibukam, who had contain on the opposite side. And I love that way of going after super athletic passers. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is that <laughs> athletically, in terms of the contain aspect of playing against passers on passing downs, you know, I think he can do that at a relatively high level. And uh, if you want to use him as a quarterback spy, he's obviously got the athleticism to do that. He can move with the best of them. Like you mentioned, I mean, the guy ran pretty much a four or five flat, I think it was, um, for a 40-yard dash. Mm -hmm. His 10-yard split was elite. His explosion, like we mentioned, elite. So you're not going to worry about this guy playing in space or running guys down or even playing contain as a pass rusher. Now, you know, when it comes to the run defense, I think he leaves a lot to be desired as a contained player there. I think he can kind of cheat a little bit and, and work a little bit too much inside and sort of vacate his primary gap or, or his contained responsibilities. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a guy uh, who's highly athletic. He can play contained against passers, like you mentioned. And I do think that there is a role for a guy like this in pretty much every defense, a guy who's very athletic, can stand him up and sort of play that QB spy type of role. Uh, where, you know, you're going to allow him to work in space against guys who are highly athletic, like a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL are these days. Fantastic stuff, Sosa. Appreciate you coming on the show and breaking down Samson Ibukam for the 49ers fans out there. And I'm fascinated to see, and I'm sure we'll be talking multiple times this offseason and crossing over as we get ready for the season, get to know each other's squads that are revamped for the 2021 year. And I'm fascinated to see how the new Matthew Stafford-led Los Angeles Rams turn out this season. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, a little bit different for both sides moving into next year. So hopefully we get some good games. And, uh, you know, hopefully the teams aren't done making moves. We can uh, cover a little bit more going into next season. But it should definitely be fun. I can't wait. Absolutely. And again, you can find Sosa on Twitter at QB's MVP. And he's also doing work with Pro Football Focus. So he's a must follow. And you, you got to know your enemy, too, when it comes to the Rams. So there are some some follows out there of teams that maybe not be your favorite team. And Sosa would be one of those for his Rams coverage. Sosa, appreciate the time, my friend. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. So that's the scouting report on the 49ers' new hybrid edge outside linebacker defensive end, Samson Ibukam. A little bit of everything. little special teams. Could play some off ball, but I think he's going to chase quarterbacks. Will be his number one goal in a rotation on third downs. Next, we will hear from the 49ers' new center, Alex Mack. The 49ers' same old and now new again fullback in Kyle Juszczyk and their recently re-upped cornerback is he a starter is he not outside inside let's find out Emmanuel Mosley spoke with reporters coming up March Madness is upon us and everyone's getting involved and you can get involved at betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action including the college basketball tournament Football might be over, but NBA is happening, NHL is happening, build your brackets, bet on any of the games happening right now, NFL draft props, which are always super fun. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Go to betonline.ag, use your mobile device Two, if you want, to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON. Again, promo code LOCKED ON at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
This one was almost too easy. Alex Mack, the free agent center from the Atlanta Falcons, who Kyle Shanahan coached there. He coached him before that with the Cleveland Browns and liked him so much with the Browns that he brought him over and signed him as a free agent when he was available with the Atlanta Falcons. Played at a high level in both places. Is almost to the point where this can't happen because it's too obvious, right? The Shanahan connection, Alex Mack, the 49ers need a center. And as it turns out, it was that easy. So Alex Mack, 35 years old. Why'd you choose the 49ers and how much do you have left in the tank? 49ers, obviously there's a connection with Kyle Shanahan and him as a head coach and the offense he runs. And that always has been something that I know it's a system I can be really good in. It's an offense I know I can excel at. So it was, to me, a very good fit between a good team in a good spot with a good coaching staff and some place that I can be a good player in. I'm an older player. Like, there's no denying that. Uh, but I do feel like I play well. I think my, my film has been good. I felt good doing it. I think I can be great in this system. Uh, I don't know exactly what goes into the PFF grades, uh, but I know I, I, I can help contribute on this team. I know I can still play this game. I know I can be a good player. I'm taking it, you know, one year at a time, making sure I can I feel good, I can play good, I can be a, a contributor on this team. Uh, I think I, I played last year in Atlanta, and I, I felt good. I felt I could move well. I felt like I was still a really good player. And so I, I decided to come back in free agency and, you know, sign here. And yeah, watching Alex Mack and watching some of his games from last year, he's still really good playing at a super high level. And what's important is what he can do for the entire offense. And there's a reason Kyle Shanahan wants to have a really good center. Not only can Alex Mack get out there and reach defensive tackles and get out on the second level and make his blocks and do all those things. So he's obviously, you know, a good player can help in the run game. He's going to help Jimmy Garoppolo stay clean. He's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo's best friend. You know, he's going to pass protect for him. Sure. But he's also going to just make his life easier pre-snap. Mac talked about some of those things and, and what makes a great center and why he's a good fit with the 49ers offense. The big difference is as a center, you're doing a lot of directing traffic. You're telling, you're doing a lot of communication with the whole offensive line. You have to have the experience of seeing the front. And why that happens is because the center generally has a, a very good view of the field. If you're a right tackle, you can't necessarily see everything over on the left side of the field. Um, and a veteran center is able to see everything, to ID the front, communicate effectively, uh, the better you can do that, the the more you can get people on the same page, confident in what they're doing and moving fast. Uh, it's also advantage for the quarterback if you know the quarterback doesn't have to worry as much about some of the stuff. You can trust the center. So the, the better the center can direct traffic and do that stuff, the the better the offense can run. Mac also said it was a pretty easy decision for him to sign with the 49ers. You know, he was born in and raised in Santa Barbara, went to school at Cal. Uh, the coaching staff, the fit for him with the style of offense, and it was basically just his number one choice in the offseason. And once that became an option, uh, that was easy for him to sign that contract and become a center for the San Francisco 49ers. I think uh, they'd still need to do some work and maybe try to develop a guy. I mean, Mac is. 35 right now he'll turn 36 at some point this season they do need to find the center of the future but they do have some time and I think Alex Mack still has enough to play well for the 49ers for the short term the long term interior offensive line is absolutely a draft need but they can roll out and play tomorrow there they can have a starting offensive line 
tomorrow. They got a starting pair of cornerbacks, I think, maybe. Emmanuel Mosley, is he a starter? Is he not? He said he doesn't know, and he said he doesn't care. Whatever they ask him to do, he said he doesn't know if he's going to play inside, doesn't know if he's going to be playing outside. Whatever the team needs from him, no indication whether he'll be a starter or not. He's just going to go out there and play his butt off. And he talked about the validation for all of his hard work signing that two-year deal with the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, it's very satisfying for sure. Uh, From a kid from Greensboro, North Carolina, I got overlooked even going into college. Everyone talked about my weight, about how small I was, and I couldn't fit in college. Uh, Then I went to college and did what I had to do and was able to make it to the league. Unfortunately, I didn't get drafted, um, but it only motivated me more. And it's just a blessing to even be here to be talking about another contract. I like the way that Emmanuel Mosley goes about his business. I like the way he plays, and I think he's earned it. And he might even be the guy who's out there starting at cornerback in week one. I think there's a lot to be done and a lot of work to be done in the secondary still. Um, Probably draft and probably free agency, just like wide receiver I talked about, but maybe even a little bit more resources, a little bit higher draft pick there when it comes to corner. But uh, whoever that draft pick is, is going to have his work cut out for him competing with Emmanuel Mosley and uh, Jason Verrett on the outside. I mean, Verrett's going to be one of the starters for sure. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk's definitely going to be the starting fullback. He's the only fullback. He's the best fullback in the NFL. Uh, The question that we all want to know, what actually went down Saturday night with the shenanigans and the FaceTimes at Jed York's birthday party? (laughs) I feel like I'm gonna have to spare a few details, but <laughs> uh, I got some FaceTime. I got I got a uh, a couple. I got first I talked with Kyle and his wife, um, and they were just very congratulatory. You know, we didn't have the the deal finished yet, but it was it was basically in place. We just had a, a few details that we had to um, wrap up, but you know, it was it wasn't anything that was gonna keep us from getting the deal done. Um, so we we celebrated a little early. Uh, they they were very stoked. I was stoked. And then uh, I got a call from from John and and same thing. Uh, he was with everybody else. They was at uh, at Jed York's 40th birthday party. So um, phone got passed around. A lot of congratulations, a lot of cheers and all those sort of things. Uh, but I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that. It was, it was all good, fun things. And um, it was it was honestly it's so cool to um, to be a part of that and like to get FaceTimes from your, from your owner and your GM and your head coach and, and speak with their families and, and be comfortable. Like that's, it's like, I'm speaking with my own family. You know, I, it's not one of those awkward conversations that's just, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to do great, sir. It's, you know, it's just real conversations and real genuine joy. And um, that's why I feel so connected to this, this program. There is something to be said about that. And you can make a big, deal about some bad draft picks, maybe uh, some Frasian signings you didn't like, maybe some of the decisions that Kyle Shanahan has made as a head coach and John Lynch has made as a general manager and Jed York as, uh, you know, the, the owner essentially of the football team. But what this regime has done as far as the locker room and the family atmosphere and the vibes versus what we saw for some years with the San Francisco 49ers, I think it's really important. And I think People like this and hearing Kyle Juszczyk speak about the team and why he came back. And uh, that's one feather, I think, in John Lynch's and Kyle Shanahan's cap. And maybe some of the early signings that didn't pan out on the field maybe set the tone for what the culture was going to be with the 49ers. I think it's pretty important, and I think they did get that right. Last one here from Kyle Juszczyk. He said, no, the Jets did not do any illegal tampering. And, you know, he thought about maybe... 
waiting to see what a team like the Jets or some other team in the league would offer him and see what that number would be, but that San Francisco met his number and he didn't want to delay the process. And just even without seeing what other teams would offer him, he thought it was the best fit in the league for him. And if the 49ers met it, and they did, then he would sign, and Kyle checks coming back to be the OW in San Francisco. I uh, talked about running the football, though, and you would expect a fullback to feel this way about it. He says it's key to winning championships and the psychological advantage you can gain from running down a team's throat. Yeah, I think there's no question that uh, in order to win a championship, you got to be able to run the football. Uh, and I think you saw it with Tampa Bay and how they dominated in, in the, the postseason by running the ball. And I think you can also go back to us um, when when we were doing so well two years ago. I, without a doubt, we are a running football team. I think you know in the playoffs we we won a game uh, by throwing the ball only eight times the entire time. Um, but I just you know speak from from me personally. Uh, when you're running the ball successfully in a football game, there's nothing like it to boost your your motivation and your confidence. Uh, when you're just manhandling a defense. Uh, it's crazy that, you know, like an eight yard run, but that you really just, you just ran over top of them gives you more um, uh, momentum sometimes than hitting like a 20 yard pass. You know, there's just something about the physicality of it. And uh, I think that just goes back to the roots of football. That It's just a, it's such a physical game. And when you're winning physically and it's, it's not always just outsmarting somebody or outrunning somebody, but physically dominating them, uh, it just moves the momentum uh, in your favor. And, uh, you know, it just, it really is, I think the key to winning championships. 49ers somewhat running it back again. It's what it's looking like the direction this off season is going. Uh, I think there was some really important pieces that they were able to add this week. Alex Mack from the outside, Samson Abukam from the outside. What impact will they have? Uh, Trent Williams was huge. That was Phase one of the entire offseason was just him by himself to put the rest of the plan in place. There is going to be some bargain hunting, I think, on the free agent market, and then an absolutely massive draft for the 49ers to get this 2001 team set up to go win that championship that Kyle Juszczyk is talking about. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Be back Monday. We'll cover the rest of what's going on with the 49ers in free agency. We'll see if they've added any more pieces to the roster More guests get started deep into the NFL draft right here, Locked On 49ers.